What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every great magic trick consists of three acts. The first act is called The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this April 15th edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. That's right. It's uh, tax day, but it's Sunday, so it's kind of not. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're here to get you through the stress, possibly, that tax day is causing. And right next to me is my accountant. Jimmy, I got one name. Jimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. 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 <laughs> Hi. Hi there. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. That's right, sane ones here in the studio. You might hear one of them in the background chewing on a bone. Uh, It's safe. It's not one of those nasty kind of bones they're not supposed to have. Fur kid has a bone on his fur bed, and uh, and the other fur kid is just uh, staring off into space. Sort of like the person is right next to my left, and that is my right hand. That is Kimmy, and she's a little... And she is in the studio. She's not stressing out. I don't think she doesn't have a calculator in her hands or a pencil behind her ears. Uh, she's not uh, freaking out because it's April 15th, are you? No. Okay, you're calm, correct? Yes. All right, just making sure. Nothing like uh, somebody stressing out on tax day. Absolutely not. Hope nobody is. No. If, if you are or you know somebody it might be, uh, tell them about the Riley and Kimmy show. We're here to offer a stress-free time period. Maybe just for a little bit, we offer pop culture escapism every single day of the week, including this day. Sunday morning, Yes, it is a Sunday, and you can listen to the Riley and Kim show with a brand new show every single day, not just Sunday, any time of day or night, available 24-7. We have easy ways for you to listen. SoundCloud is one of the platforms, also iHeartRadio and iTunes, all of those platforms available on our website along with social media. Yeah, help the show grow and also stay in touch with us. Find out where we will be next. We've had a, an active uh, past few days. You'll see some photos and videos available right now on our Facebook page. Also, our website, too. Yeah, check those out. And also find out where we will be next. And if you'd like to communicate with the Riley and Kimmy Show, best way to do that is through our social media links. Those links, also celebrity interviews we've done, videos, photos, and pop culture stories and more are available on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com.
pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play That is a question. Is Kimmy functioning on Sunday or is Sunday-itis kicking in? The, uh, the precursor to Monday-itis. Is she okay? Does she want to play pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? I would love to. Alrighty, going back in time, just a heads up, the timeline might be adjusted. Meaning it might not be in chronological order, linear order, or it might be in parts. It just could be scrambled up. Regardless, help Kimmy out with answers. She believes in time travel answers, so talk to, whisper to. If you can get the chance, maybe yell at whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile, we are global, and you can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Kimmy, the very first question we have for you is about travel. You know, it's getting that time of year, people traveling all over the place on the road because of the big thaws happening. Rand McNally publishes its First road atlas on this date in history. I know you've used one in the past. Can you tell me what decade? Was it the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, or 1950s? 1930s? It was the 1920s, 1924, and those roads were not fun to travel on, I'm sure, especially those kind of cars and things mm. like that. Can you imagine that? Mm. Now, I haven't seen an atlas back to that time period. Rand McNally, I do collect road maps, the fold-up type that the service stations used to have. Matter of fact, I'm planning on framing one from the 50s from your and my home state. It's kind of cool to look at. You know, uh-huh. Pre pre uh, interstate. You know? Oh yeah. It's it's really kind of cool to check that out. Kind of like those geeky things like that. Mm-hmm. Moving somewhere else on the timeline, Kimmy. It was on this date, 1912. This ocean liner sank in the North Atlantic on this date after hitting an iceberg the evening before. What is the name of the ocean liner? The Titanic. You are on a roll, Kimmy. Let's see how you do with this next one. The year is 1934. In this comic strip, the characters, the prime characters, the lead characters, welcome a baby boy. His name is Alexander. The child would be nicknamed Baby Dumpling. What is the name of... Of that comic strip. Blondie? Ah, uh, don't touch that dial. Listen to... Blondie! Yes, Kimmy got that exactly right. The year is 1947. Jackie Robinson plays his first Major League Baseball game for what team, Kimmy? Previously, he had only appeared in exhibition games. Um... What team... The Brooklyn Dodgers. That's right. Moving to something else happening on this date in history, 1958. The 10th Emmy Awards happens. Now we have a two-part question for you, Kimmy. What's the Emmy Awards given to? What uh, what uh, medium? What uh, Television. What yeah, that's right. We thought maybe we'd throw you there. You are correct. The 10th Emmy Awards. This TV show wins for Best Dramatic Series with Continuing Characters. Tell me the name of the TV show. White 30-minute show would eventually get expanded to one hour. Can you tell me the name of that TV show that won an Emmy? Uh, would that be Gunsmoke? It would be. 
Best Continuing Performance for Male in a series by a comedian who essentially plays himself. There are multiple challengers for this Emmy. I mean, it's not just one. There's like six or more that are up for the Emmy. Tell me, who walks away with a statue? Would you like to look at the paper? Oh, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Rochester. Will you take off those glasses or shall I turn on the lights? <laughs> <laughs> what if there's anything in here about the studio making the story of my life? Nothing here, the front page. Nothing in this column. Hmm. Nothing in this column. Oh, oh, here it is. After years of success in other fields of show business, we'll soon be celebrating his triumphal return to the silver screen. This epic will not only be based on the story of his life, but his brilliant career in... What am I reading this for? This is the ad I took out. <laughs> car section who wins the emmy jack benny that's right for the jack benny show on cbs best continuing performance for female in a series by a comedian singer hostess who essentially plays herself tell me who wins this is going to be tough listen carefully you do know this person we're going to be back right here again, and we're going to have some wonderful guest stars for you. We're going to have Rosano Brasi in his very first television appearance, and we're going to have Jimmy Durante and the Steiner Brothers. Hey, did you have a chance to take a look around and see how many 1958 Chevys you've been seeing? It's only three weeks, and it's already the biggest bestseller Chevy's ever had. Why don't you go to your Chevy dealers and ask them to let you drive when You're just going to love it. I know. Whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, for goodness sake. These are you in your Chevrolet. America's asking you to come. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. America's the greatest land of all. That's from 1957. She would eventually have other TV shows going right into the 1970s variety type talk shows. Can you tell me who that is? Dinah Short? That's impossible. How'd you know that? Uh, sounds like her. Somebody at, well, you, no, nobody uh, whispered that one to you through the <laughs> timeline. You actually knew that. Ooh, Kimmy is freaky. She's on a roll here. Best continuing performance by an actor in a leading role for male and female. They are, well, winners of the same TV show. Tell me the name of the TV show. Here's its theme. <laughs> Can you identify that TV show from the days of black and white? Father Knows Best? Yes, you got it right. They played the parents. They win the Emmys. Tell me who it is. What good does it do to talk to you? You throw all your chances away. Fine showing you're going to make at St. Peter's Induction Center. Don't look at me that way, honey. Don't be mad. I know you think I'm a failure. Maybe I am, but... Well, I can't explain this. I'm glad to see Bud take an active part in things. He's a little apt to sit back and let the others do it. 
what amazes me is you try and try to get a point over to the kids, and you swear they're not paying any attention to you at all. And then a few days oh, later, no. I always like that intelligent conversation he and Joe have. Can you tell me who wins the Emmys? Um, Robert Young. Yes. And I'm not sure. You don't know who played... Yeah, you don't. Uh-uh. Uh, okay, that's Jane Wyatt, also known for Star Trek, playing Spock's mom. Mm. But she wins for Father Knows Best. She played Margaret Anderson, Kimmy. You couldn't. Yeah, I know. You you, you didn't like her, did you? Yeah, no, I actually never saw that you show. Never, they didn't run that up in the uh, igloo land where you're from Mm-mm. a lot? Mm-mm. They used to run that one a lot out in the uh, cornfield land where I'm from and also Leave it to Beaver. Oh, yeah, and, watch and, that. And, and I Love Lucy. They run all those, mm-hmm. you know, back-to-back. Moving to another section of trivia. The year is 1967. This mass murderer was found guilty of killing eight student nurses in Chicagoland. Can you tell me who it is? Richard Speck. That's correct. Just recently uh, featured on that one uh, serial killer TV show. Mm-hmm. Can't even think of the name of it right now. Mm. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, it's um, supposed to be coming back, isn't it? I think so. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Okay. I actually read the book that that thing's based on, too. I can't even think of the name of the book. Is it like, Criminal Minds or that sounds good. Dangerous Minds? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Something right there. Like something, like, something Minds, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's just say that. And it's on Netflix. Should be coming Mind back. Mind Hunter. Soon. That's it. Mind Hunter. Maybe. Yes, by Douglas. That's who uh, who wrote the book. Very good, Kimmy. Thank you. The year is 1971. We move to the 43rd Academy Awards Best Picture. Also has the best actor in it. Except there's controversy with the actor. He refuses the Oscar. Can you tell me the name of the movie and who wins the Oscar but doesn't want it? All this stuff you've heard about America not wanting to fight, wanting to stay out of the war. Is a lot of horse down. Americans traditionally love to fight. All real Americans love the sting of battle. When you were kids, you all admired the champion marble shooter, the fastest runner, big league ball players, the toughest boxers. Americans love a winner. And will not tolerate a loser. Americans play to win all the time. I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for a man who lost and laughed. Can you tell me, first of all, the name of the movie? Patton. Yes, it wins Best Picture, 1971 Academy Awards. Who wins Best Actor? George C. Scott. You got it right. You're on a roll, Kimmy. The year's 2003. This person's debut album, Thankful, was released. It has, well... Some hits off of it, including this very big one, number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me who it is. Who is that, Kimmy? Kelly Clarkson. You're right. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date. Let's see how Kimmy does with this one. Um, this is a, well, one goes back to 1452, Kimmy. That's when this person was born. 
artist paying attention here mm-hmm. okay artist known for the mona lisa and the last supper also designed uh well something that would eventually inspire batman the the wing thing and stuff like that can you tell me who he is rembrandt wrong one more guess his name is part of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One of the turtles has his first Michelangelo. Name. Wrong. It's Leonardo da Vinci. I was going to say DiCaprio. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, oh my goodness, Kimmy. Oh boy. Okay. Next person born 1917. Actor in front of the camera, film and some television, but also known as a voice actor. Born on this date. You know him. For voicing a certain nasty character on Rocky and Bullwinkle, the Dudley Do-Right show. Who uh, who was the villain on Dudley Do-Right, Kimmy? You remember Dudley Do-Right, right? Mm-hmm. Fern was the girlfriend, remember? Okay. And and Dudley was the idiot. I mean, Dudley was the, the hero. Uh-huh. And who was the villain? I don't this, recall. This person voiced the villain. You there on the end, the one who used to sing with the four aces. You're supposed to come in on the downbeat of the fourth bar, not the fifth. All right, this time we'll give them the old oaken bucket from the top. The game is up, Whiplash. Drop that baton. Dudley do right. No false moves, Whiplash. This rifle is loaded. Now, so are you, or else you wouldn't be holding it backwards. See him, Wolves? He's a spy from Julia. Spot? Come here, boy. Where'd you get the Cocker Spaniel, Snidely? From a sick friend. All right, Spot, you haven't eaten in three weeks. Now's the time to go off your diet. Kimmy, they named the last name of the villain. Can you tell me the first name? I think they said the first one, too. They did? Snidely. Oh, they did? Okay, Snidely Whiplash. That's uh, who Uh he voiced. This is Hans Conried we're talking about. He did a lot of cartoon work. He was in the Woody Woodpecker show. Uh, he did voices for it as well. Also, Dr. Dread on the Drac Pack. And voice of classic cartoon cinema. He was Walt Disney's Mr. George Darling and Captain Hook in Peter Pan. That Peter Pan. I could only find his hideout. I trapped him in his lair. But where is it? Mermaid Lagoon. Now we've searched that. We've combed Cannibal Cove. <laughs> Here! No, 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 that's Indian territory. But wait. Those redskins know this island better than I do my own ship. Ah. I wonder. The chief's daughter! She'll know where Pan is hiding. Oh, a little persuasion might be in order. Fantastic voice talent. Wide range. You also see him on the I Love Lucy show and other TV shows. And if you have the opportunity to see a movie, it is a rare, rare movie. Hard to find. I've never seen a DVD copy of it available. I haven't looked online, but I mean like on, on store shelves or anything. And that is the film called The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. He plays Dr. T. It's a live action film that was, well, created by Dr. Seuss. And it is weird. It's extremely weird. There's no CGI, and that's why it's fascinating to actually look at this. And they pull it off, and it actually feels like a, well, a living, breathing Seuss cartoon. Hmm. Spenguli has shown it in the past on MeTV. 
I don't know if it's streamed. It's something to check out. I've tried to encourage Kimmy to watch it in the past. She has not yet. Mm. We'll get her to, and then we'll get a report from her. How's that, Kimmy? Okay. Next individual, Kimmy, on-camera actor, also a voice talent as well. His on-camera roles, tons of TV shows. I mean tons. Filmography is probably several hundred, if not maybe close to 500 roles he's done. You know him as the voice of this character in the Batman cartoons and video games. Tell me who it is. Yes. It would move me to tears if I still had tears to shed. The snow is beautiful, don't you think? Clean, uncompromising, like the swift hand of vengeance. I'm beyond emotions. They've been frozen dead in me. Think of it, Batman. To never again walk on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh, yes. I'd kill for that. Sounds like one of Kimmy's relatives. No, no, I'm kidding, Kimmy. Can you tell me what villain he played? Mr. Freeze. That's correct. He was also part of Star Trek, playing a, a character in multiple versions of Star Trek, meaning different eras. Played Kang, a Klingon. Mr. Sulu. I see they have finally given you the captaincy you deserve. Do not let it end prematurely. We'd be happy to escort you back to Federation space. Very generous of you, but we can manage. I insist. Bring your ship about. Bearing 181 Mark II. Kimmy, who is it? Who was uh, born on this date, 1922? I should know that. Yes, you should. I can't think of his name. Michael and Zara. Okay. Yes, and can you tell me what television actress he was married to? She was big in the 1960s going into the 1970s. Can you tell me who he was married to? Barbara Eden. That's correct, Kimmy. Married in 1958, divorced 1974. Next person, country musician, singer, actor, and some consider one of the greatest guitarists and banjo players of all all time, regardless being country or rock or other type of music. See if you can identify who it is, Kimmy. He did have a top 40 hit. Matter of fact, a couple of them. Also, big country hit at the same time. Number six on the adult contemporary charts. Number nine on the country charts. And number 19 on the top 40 charts. This is 1969. Tell me who it is. Yesterday when I was young, the taste of life was sweet as rain upon my tongue. I teased at life as if it were a foolish game. The way the evening breeze may tease a candle flame. The thousand dreams I dreamed, the splendid things I planned, I always built to last. Who is that, Kimmy? Wow, got me there. He also hit the Hot 100 back in 1970, number 90 on the Billboard Hot 100. That's the pop charts. And number six on the country charts with this song. Tell me who it is. Thank God in Greyhound you're gone. Thank God in Greyhound you're gone. I didn't know how much longer I could go on. Watching 
the respect out of me Watching you make a total wreck out of me That big diesel motor's playing my song Thank God and Greyhound you're gone Does that ring any bells, Kimmy? Oh, it does not. Well, he appeared on the Beverly Hillbillies as a recurring character. And matter of fact, actually, too, he played... Well, one person who was like this, uh, you know, country businessman, and he also played that person's mother, Myrtle, on camera. You know, he did like the Jethro thing where Jethro played, you know, mm. you know, or Max Bear played both. But you also know him for Johnny Carson. He appeared quite a bit on The Tonight Show, and he was not a stranger to television from having his own show. He hosted a show with Buck Owens from 1969 to 1997. Who is he? Can you do it, Kimmy? Kimmy's looking and She goes, I know that show, and I avoided it like it was the plague. Uh, I, I ran when it was on in the house. Do you know yeah, who it is? I can't think of his name. It's Roy Clark. Moving somewhere else on the timeline, actress Kimmy, born on this date, best uh, best known for a certain TV show. First of all, tell us who she is. Here's your clue. Mother, what are you doing here? I'm married. He's not a witch. He happens to be, if you'll excuse the expression, a normal, mortal human being. Mother, you'll leave him alone. He's a dear, sweet, wonderful, perfectly marvelous man. Who is that? Elizabeth Montgomery. And what TV show? Bewitched. Right. Born 1933, passed away 1995 at the age of 62. Did you ever see her in any of the uh, TV made-for-movies that she did? You know, she when she got done with Bewitched. Sure. Mm-hmm. Did you see her in Lizzie Borden? Uh-huh. Okay. Next person celebrating a birthday. Tell me who it is and how old she is within five years. She charted big on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1986. Who is this? is that kimmy samantha fox that's right samantha fox having a birthday how old is she today within five years oh 55 samantha fox celebrating her 52nd birthday next person actor comedian well, he, he actually he he's in comedies mostly kimmy he was in knocked up super bad and also played in the movie green hornet 2011 green hornet that is he played Britt reed and the green hornet here he is talking about the film. Tell me who it is. Honestly, I've been a lifelong comic book fan, and uh, over the years, these these types of movies have become so popular that we really thought that we could inject something new into the genre, you know? Um, and, and it was so encouraging to see how much people liked these kind of movies. I mean, as, as a comic book fan, it's nice that, you know, when other people kind of clue into the things that you think are cool. Um, and we really just thought that to do one of these movies that really examined the relationship between like a hero and his sidekick and really played it like an action comedy could be a really uh, new, uh, interesting way to do a movie like this. Can you tell me who it is? Seth Rogen? That's right. How old is Seth today within five years? 38? 
you you must be a groupie. You're real close. He's 36 today. Did you like the Green Hornet movie, Kimmy? Yeah. All right. Moving somewhere else on the timeline. This individual, an actress who appeared in all eight Harry Potter films from 2001 to 2011, just recently, 2017, in Beauty and the Beast. Who is it? I I always had loved singing, and I but I took this kind of massive hiatus. Um, I used to sing as a child, and then I made seven Harry Potter films and went to university and whatever else. So it's sort of like kind of dusting the cobwebs off my singing voice and kind of like, oh, can I ride this bicycle? Oh, I think I can. Oh, is it going to be good enough, though? Oh, maybe it will. You know, it was it was nerve wracking. But um, but but really, as you say, a, a dream come true. Kimmy, who is that? Emma Watson. You got it right. How old is she within five years? Um, 28. All right. Did somebody shout that out, whisper it to you, or are you just playing a Emma Watson groupie? Because that's exactly right. Ooh. Well, congratulations there. Thank you. I see dead people. Moving to notable deaths, famous people, celebrities who passed away on this date in history. It was on this date, 1865. This person died from injuries inflicted by an assassin at Ford's Theater. Tell me who it is. Abraham Lincoln. Correct. Who was the assassin? John Wilkes Booth. And one more question. How old was Abraham Lincoln within five years? 60. You're close. Most people, I think, guess older. He was 56. Mm. Tell me why this person is on the famous list, Kimmy. Greta Garbo. Why is she famous? She was an actress. Correct. Died 1990 at the age of 84. During the 1920s and 30s, she was extremely popular. In 1999, the American Film Institute ranked Garbo fifth on their list of greatest female stars of classic Hollywood cinema. That's after Katherine Hepburn, Betty Davis, Audrey Hepburn, and Ingrid Bergman. Garbo, by the way, did leave cinema early. She retired, went into basically a life of a hermit almost. She invested her money wisely primarily in stocks and bonds, and left her entire estate approximately worth $57 million in 2013 dollars to a niece. Hmm. I think you did a fantastic job today, Kimmy. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think you did a, a matter of fact, just a superb job today. Well, thank you. Yeah, I know it's Sunday, and Kimmy sometimes gets Sundayitis. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't suffer from Sundayitis. That's why we have... Plenty of episodes for you to listen to on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Matter of fact, we're going to offer you something to escape from here in just a moment. We're going to honor something from trivia with an example of the golden age of radio. Radio was We mentioned moments ago, actor Hans Conried was born on this date in 1917. He was no stranger to the golden age of radio. We have an excellent example. Well, it's a, a thriller kind of episode. It's from 1956. Definitely suspenseful. And you will hear Hans Conried doing dialect, which he was a master of. Really cool. The episode's titled The Groom of the Ladder. It's a story of many problems of a servant of the king that's because he is the hangman and you find out how people react to the hangman 
It's called The Groom of the Ladder, 1956. Here is our tribute to actor Hans Conried on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Evening, Mr. Price. Evening, William. Oh, it's cold enough. Hard day for you, Mr. Price. Well, I must say I'm fair wore out. Uh, what you need is a bit of the old warming for the cockles. Ah, true, ah, true. Uh, it's cruel work for a man in this weather. You hop down to the blue ball, Mr. Price. Have yourself a dollop. Oh, I thought of that, but I happen to be a little short of funds tonight, William. I wonder... Oh, have one for me, Mr. Price. Oh, that's very nice of you, I must say, William. Very nice. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Mr. Price. My kindest regards to your wife, Mr. Price. Thank you, William. Ooh, what a dirty dog. I hope so give him what for at the blue boar. Nasty little rat, that William Hartley. I've got to keep an eye on him. Hartley. What right's he got to look at me like that? I know what he's thinking. Get my job. Fat chance of that, I'll see him turned off first. God, I got a thirst. Should go home, I suppose. Better be grousing out of all neck. I'll let her grouse. I got me rights. Blue ball for me. <laughs> Evening, one and all. Evening. Evening, Mr. White, Mrs. White. Mr. Lowe. Oi, Brenny, you're spry as ever. Eddie, what's this all about? Somebody dead? <laughs> so that's the way it is, is it? Keep her ale. I said ale. Ale. Perhaps you didn't hear me the first time. Can you pay for it? Yes, I can pay for it. And more. Don't you worry about me. I can pay for anything. You hear that, all of you? I don't need a bloody one of you. You'll all come to me one of these days. Hey, oh. I heard the watchman are out looking for somebody. He don't pay his debts and he's going to Marshall Sea Prison for it. <laughs> Who said that? Who said it? I wonder who's going to get Jack Tench's job when he's out of office. Who <laughs> oh, called me that? My name's Price. John Price. John Price. John Price. Hear what I say? John Price. I have such an horrible pain in my throat, Mr. Ketch, dear. Do you have a cure? <laughs> Got any old clothes for sale today, Mr. Ketch? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be none of that in here. If you want your ale, come over to the table and drink it. Otherwise, out. Well, uh, I'm sorry I lost my temper. I'm sorry, I'm just very tired tonight. 
Accept my apologies, Keeper. I don't accept nothing from you except your money. I have to serve you, my charter says so. But no trouble from you, or out you go. And that's a fact, and don't forget it. Why do they do it? Why, it's always like this. Either they don't say a blinking word or behave in that awful way. Can't they understand? I'm just like anybody else. I do me job, same as anyone. Gets lonely, a man sitting by himself, swollen ale, all by himself. Wish I had some money. I mean, some of the actual, not coppers. Oh, I'd have friends then, lots of them. What was it they were saying about the watchman looking for me? Well, they can't do that. I'll pay the debts what I owe, if I can only get a good job or two. Why don't they let the man alone? Not fair! <laughs> Not fair? What ain't fair, Mr. Price? Huh? Who is it? Oh, oh, William. William Hartley, huh? You, eh? You got off late tonight, didn't you? That's right, Mr. Price. Ah, having a bit of a guzzle, eh? I will not stand familiarity, William Hartley. Kindly remember your place and station. Oh, no offence oh. intended. None taken, I hopes. Granted. Uh, you mind if I sit down with my mug? I don't mind. Well, dear, long hours, short pay. That's the way of it. William Hartley, why do you talk to me? Why not, Mr. Price? You're my superior, ain't you? In a way, I have to talk to you. I don't want you to have to. I want you to want to. Nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants me. Could be worse, you know. I don't beat my wife or the kid. I try to do what's right. Oh, you're just misunderstood, Mr. Price. Misunderstood. I sympathize. I want a friend. I want people to smile at me in the streets, talk to me, to like me. Oh, you've got a burden, Mr. Price, and no mistake. William, how'd you like to lend me five sovereigns? I could pay you back with interest. I, I got one or two odd debts to pay you. Well, know? I heard about that, Mr. Price. Harry White was... Harry saying... White, what's he now? He's after me job, just like you, William Hartley. Ah, uh, you don't pull the wool over my eyes. I know, I know. How could you think such a thing, Mr. Price? Why, you remember this. I'm not out of office yet. Remember, you stay nice to me, William, because I have a position. Now, uh, how about a couple of sovereigns? I know you got it, so there's no use to know. Well, I'd like to oblige Mr. Price to help me. I would, but my wife's expecting again, and you know how it is with another mouth to feed. How about a... Copper's worth of ale, then. You know, I was going to buy one for you, Mr. Price, but when I reached into my pocket, I found I had just enough for my own mug. William Hartley, you are a dirty, sneaking little liar. Mr. Price! Don't you ever find yourself in trouble. Because if you do, it's John Price who's going to be there taking loving care of you. You are a one. Stop it, anyone that thinks. Hello, Mr. White. <laughs> Mrs. White. Oh, good good come on, Elizabeth. Time for us to be going home. All right, Harry. I said hello. That's all. I didn't do no harm. Just hello. It's me, John Price. You know me. 
to the blue ball to laugh at me. That's how he gets his pleasure. They all do. And when I get home, it's going to be the same. Oh, I wish I was dead. John Price, that you? Where you been? I had a piece of mutton on the table at six o'clock. Hello, Beth. Where's the kid? Where you been? I've told you for the last time I ain't oh, going Betty, to... Betty, Betty, love. I had a, a very difficult job today. Like to have broke me poor arm. Oh, I swore like a pig. How much did you get? The usual. And it's over? No, bad. Ah, I should have known. You've been boozing at the Blue Bull. Spent every blessed penny. No, I was tired, but I thought a sup would help. Sup? I've said by the look of you... Sweetheart, we got a few shillings put by, haven't we? Oh, no, you don't. No, it's desperate, Beth girl. They'll have me in debtor's prison. I heard them talk tonight. Do you good? No, don't say that, love, love. It'll only be for a week, two at the most. I got to raise every penny I can. That money's for me and the kid. You don't touch one sub. I'll lose my job. Don't make me laugh. Your job. Call that a job? I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to have people know me name. No, bet I'm your husband. It's your duty to obey me. You give me what money we got in the house, and I'm going to... Or what? What'll you do, Jack Ketch? Now, Betty. What'll you do to Mrs. Jack Ketch, you murderer? <coughs> murderer! My husband. What's he do for an honest living? Why, he's a murderer. No, 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 don't. Mother, what does don't daddy do? Much. He's got a lovely job, Stanley. Don't, don't you try me, Now, your dear old dad turns people off for our bread. Betty. He's Jack Ketch, the public hangman. Betty. Hangman. Oh, suppose it was wrong to beat her like that. What a man to do. So, what with my debts and what I'd done to bet, here I am in Marshalsea Prison. Not the first time I've been here, but what a stinking hole. All of us together, the muck of London. Men, women, and dogs. There's one lad, though, that ain't so bad. He come in yesterday. He's got learning. A gentleman, you can see that. Thomas Lovelace, his name. He's in debt to his eyes. Two thousand pounds. I'll be here until I rot, Price. Oh, I wouldn't say that, sir. There's always hope. You've been here before? Three times, sir. This is me fourth. I ain't always for debt. Of course, there was the matter of my wife, Betty, this time. What did you do for a living, Price? What's the matter? Hadn't you noticed? The others there, they never talk to me. Hadn't you noticed? Hmm, not particularly. Hmm. I'll tell you why. 
because I was in the employ of His Majesty. In service to the crown. That's why. That's why they don't talk to you? Well, I suppose you won't either when I tell you. You'll find out in a day or so. Anyhow, what's the news? I'm the hangman. Hangman? But I thought that Jack Ketch... That's what they call me. Oh. I thought so. Go on, sir. I won't trouble you. You're a gentleman. You don't want the likes of me. You haven't got a very savoury reputation, you know, Price. It was my job. Somebody had to do it. I've heard that you rather enjoyed it. That's a lie. What about the poor devils who paid you to put them out of their misery quickly? I was happy to oblige. Poor souls. Sometimes they give me a few pence to help them through the awful passage to heaven. But Lord bless them, I did my best. And if they didn't have any money? I wouldn't hold it against them. Of course, I'm not denying that a nice rack or press job was worth a few shillings extra. But wouldn't you have taken the money? I ask you, wouldn't you? I wouldn't have had your job, Price. Not for a million pounds. Oh, well, that's the way of it. Each man to what he knows. Right, Mr. Lovelace? My profession is angman. Yours is to be a gentleman. Am I right, sir? And we're both of us in debtor's prison. Well, that gave him something to think about. He wasn't so high and mighty after that. Mr. Lovelace never had visitors. I didn't either. That is, not till one day, three months after I first come here. And it was William Hartley. And I didn't like the nasty weasel smile on him. Well, Price, I heard about your misfortune and I came to sympathise. How thoughtful, William. How do they treat you in here? Treat? Oh, like a blooming earl, can't you see? Nasty smell down here. They haven't brought in the fresh roses yet. No. What about your debts, Price? Any luck? No. It's only a matter of five pounds. William? William Arthur, you did... Did you come here to help me? You're going to lend me the money. Have I misjudged you, William? Good friend. No, you haven't misjudged me, Price. I didn't come here to lend you nothing. I come here like a good Christian to see you had your health and spirits... And I brought you a prayer book for your poor soul to feed on. Oh, blimey, I'll change your ways, Bryce. Change your ways before it's too late. I'll change. I'll change the shape of your head. Oh, I'm going to turn you off proper, Mr. William Hartley. Let him go. You hear me? Let him go. Get away from him, mate. Don't it. Have you gone mad? You know what they'll do to you with this? You shouldn't have done that, Price. I won't forget. You're paying for that. I paid 30 lashes and slum gullion for a month. Now, I wasn't going to forget William Hartley. Never in all my life. It was Mr. Lovelace who saved me a crust or two of bread when I was brought up from the black hole. It 
was the best meal I ever had. And then things were the same again. The weeks went by. I wrote a song ballad. Mr. Lovelace did the words in writing for me. I called it The Man of Destiny's Hard Fortune Whereby His Hopeful Harvest Is Like to Be Blasted. And nobody bought it, though, though I still didn't have the money to pay me debts. Then I heard about Betty and the kid. They'd run off and left me. And that's when I made up my mind to get out of Marshall Sea. That and William Hartley. Oh, I'd pay a little call on him. I told my idea to Mr. Lovelace one night. Mr. Lovelace? Yes? Come closer, sir. Listen, I'm getting out, see? Now, you've treated me right. I'm willing to take you with. How can you? We've got these chains. It's impossible. No, it ain't. They take him off in the afternoon when we exercise, don't they? All right. That's the time. Oh. You leave that to me. You want to go with? I'd rather die trying than stay. All right, sir. Now, here's what we do. There's a woodshed next to the gate of the yard. Door's always open. When we have our constitutional tomorrow, we hop in there and wait till it's dark. One of the keepers will see us. Now, now, there's a new one on. I've been watching him. He's been drunk for a week. Easy as pie. You wait. We did it. Stayed hiding behind the wood till night. I felt funny without the chains on after so long. And then about ten o'clock, we started out of the shed. I took a thick stick from the wood pile. Eh? All clear. Look, keeper. He's asleep. We have to pass him, supposing he wakes up. He won't. Look, he's waking up. Hurry up now. Give me an hand up first, and then I'll pull you over. Right. Give me your hand. There. Up and there's London. Ain't that the loveliest sight? William Hartley's out there in it. Come on. We stayed together till we was well out of sight of the prison. And then Mr. Lovelace said goodbye. I'll leave you here, Price. I can't thank you enough for helping me. We shan't meet again, I suppose. But I'll always remember you. Goodbye. And he went his way. A couple of minutes later, I found a broom maker going home from selling his wares. And after a short argument, I had two silver shillings in my pocket. I tossed for it. William Hartley, now or later? My first one. And that took me to the nearest alehouse in Bunhill Fields. Hardly would have to wait, but not for long. Oh, I was going to do him a mischief. Pay the little Scott back before the night was out. It was two hours later that I left the alehouse with a lovely swishing in my belly and happiness in my head. Funny thing, I couldn't on the life of me remember what I had to do. But there was something. 
Oh, his groans was dreadful for to hear, as the stones they pressed upon him. And Jack stood solemn, not shedding a tear, when the... Hello's there. Me, Elizabeth White. Is that you, John Price? I, I thought you were in Marshalsea. Elizabeth White. Well, I never. What you doing in Bunhill Fields this time of night? Well, I had an order of gingerbread to deliver. Nah. You frightened me. Oh, me, me frightened? <laughs> oh, I'm all right, you know. That. Well, I've had one or two, but nobody can say John Price can't behave like a gentleman. You are wicked. Oh, oh uh, I wish I was married to a sweet woman like you, Elizabeth. Oh, how I envy your husband. Ah, oh, no, no, Mr. Price. Well, I apologise. Humbly. <laughs> Do you hate me? Of course not. I never hated you. It was Harry didn't want me to talk to you. No, I mean, because I'm Angman. Ah, you're not anymore, anyway. I'm really very gentle at heart, you know. I'm just misunderstood by one and all. Oh, I suppose. Elizabeth. I've always had a liking for you. Mr. Price. Have you got a little money put away? We could make it a business arrangement, just you and me, huh? And I'll pay you next month, how's that? Oh, I haven't got anything, Mr. Price. Hold on, I'll make maybe a shilling or two. You must have copped something for the gingerbread. Please, Mr. Price, my area... Well, it ain't honourable for a man in my position to be in debt. There's no one to turn to. Come on, I'll pay you back. I swear it, I'm desperate. No, no, Mr. Would Price. Would you keep it, huh? Oh, stop. stop it, you're like a watchman down there. Stop it now. Give it away, you hear me? Now. Oh, ah. oh, you don't. I need this, you see. I need it. I told you I'd pay you. <laughs> Shut it up! Shut it up! Shut it up! Well, here we are again. Newgate this time. The watchman got me. But he was too late for Elizabeth White. I'm afraid I done that in, poor soul. I'm to hang for it, so there you are. I can hear them coming for me now. Go, I'd like a last swig of something to see me on me way. Go, William Hartley. Are you ready, John Price? You nasty little winkle. You mean you're the hangman? I am. God block. I was coming back to turn you off, you maggoty worm. And I forgot, or you wouldn't be here now. I bear you no malice, John Price. <laughs> you won't make no hangman. Not for long, you what? You wait. You wait. They'll start calling you Jack Catch. You wait. It's my uh, duty. I always knew that someday I'd find my calling to protect the people from such poor wretches as you. I have found it. Gobblimey. I might have known. I might have known. Barmy, too. Well, I, for one, haven't got a brass farthing for you. My clothes, <laughs> they won't fetch tuppence. So blast you. I don't want neither. It's me job, John Price. Turning you off is me job. And that's what I'm going to do. You've come to a wicked end, as I knew you would. If I'm going to nab the stifles, and it's William Hartley what's going to do it, I'm better off dead. Here, here, William. You, you, you write something for me on the wall, will you? Yeah, yeah, I've got some charcoal. Yeah, right here, here. 
right one. Ah, all right, now you write this. Write, uh, here died John Price, hangman of London. He was turned off upon the gallows, which he had served so well in his day. God save the king in the year 1686. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R I L E Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.